0: You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this episode,
1: Future Net Zero News founder, Sylvia Bose speaks with
0: Stuart Reid, Managing Director of Projects at Amp Clean Energy, as they discuss how your organisation can turn up the heat on decarbonisation. Hello, welcome
1: to this Future Net Zero podcast. This is episode, we're looking at heat. It's part of our In Focus series. My name is Sumit Bose, founder of Future Net Zero, and I'm joined by Stuart Reid, Managing Director at Amp Clean Energy.
0: Stuart, how are you? I am very well, Sumit. Thank you for speaking to me today. Heat, the
1: Cinderella service, as we've all heard it mentioned, but it's time has come. We want to cover it this month because we really saw that, you know, from the conversations with our our readers and and, and the people who engage on the platform it was one of the biggest things that came up back in May is looking at heat so just give us a sort of scenario of where we are when it comes to heat and businesses because you know there are two sides to this one is kind of it's one of those things we all know is very important so if you can outline how big it is in the in the sort of emissions and carbon picture and secondly there's a slight confusion about how we go about decarbonizing heat. So can I get you to take the listeners through where, where where heat is right now as a kind of importance level for for when they're looking at their carbon? Uh
0: certainly and it's it's interesting to use the phrase heat as the Cinderella of the of the whole renewable energy space and and I've personally been working renewable heat since 2008 and and I think since 2008 we've been using that exact phrase so in some ways it feels like it's a remarkably changed world and we've made some really good progress in renewable heat and in other ways it still very much feels like it's the it's the difficult hard to do bit and 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 we we've still got a long way to go Um, so i think from the it's a very interesting time where we're coming to a period where there's two things happening really one is it's we're reaching the end of the beginning and and the beginning being the renewable heat incentive which has certainly Played a very important role in stimulating the uptake of, of, of renewable heat. Um, that's coming to an end. So the government are now putting their time and efforts and thoughts into thinking about what replaces it. And we're beginning to get some insight into what that's going to be. Um, so we're we're slightly entering a period of changing government policy and, and, a, and a little bit of uncertainty, but equally we're seeing a massive, a massive driver from businesses to start to tackle their heat emissions. Um, and, and to put it in context, we, we know that heat's roughly 50% of the carbon emissions. And, and, and for most businesses, it probably counts for more than 50% of their energy usage. Um, Can I just stop you on that? I mean, that's is staggering, isn't
1: it? 50%. Because we're so trained. Why are we so trained to think electricity? We all have, haven't we? We've always thought, right, like, let's go cut our in a, in a, light bulbs. We'll cut. Why has heat been this thing that if it makes up 50% of what we're doing, we haven't really thought about it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's effectively the same as electricity and transport combined. Um, and and yet, yeah, as you say, there's still, people still regularly confuse energy and electricity as as being the same thing and and that's just not the case um and i think maybe it's obviously been a you know we've we rely heavily on 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 gas and fossil gas in this country um there's there's been significant investment in that gas network over the you know the, the the past decade yeah and so to in some extent heat it's you just turn your boiler on and you get heat and it it, it doesn't really matter where that source comes from and and to but actually for the government's perspective to make progress in decarbonizing heat it's not like electricity you have to convince whether it's millions or or tens of millions of domestic users and thousands of businesses to actually physically make a change in their building whereas electricity can be done a lot more remotely you know with right policies in place you can you can get the environment correct that allows us to make the massive progress we've done in, in renewable electricity and you know, we've we've seen some phenomenal successes there. But that that's really been done by by the kind of by the energy generating community rather than necessarily. Yes. The,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, because it's never been something that I as a business have had to think about. Exactly. You know, it's just you know, everything, the plugs are the same, you know, it's just hey, change my tariff or whatever, or put some light bulbs in. It's quite easy. It's a very different thing when you say, Oh, got to replace all your boilers or put in something like a new air source or ground source heat pump. It's a really big point of, of, of you know, financial commitment, but also a, a thought change, isn't it? In your mindset, I, I actively have to do something. It's active, not passive.
0: Exactly. And I think that's where it, it's going to be interesting. I almost split heat into two different mindsets at the moment. There's going to be those people and companies who, who, who remain passive and who just sit and wait for, for the magic answer. Um, and that could be that in 2040 or whenever it may be that we have a the gas grid converted to a, a low carbon fuel whether that's hydrogen or or something else I mean lots of time and effort been put into assessing hydrogen just now so so there's going to be those that sit and kind of passively wait and see what happens with that and then there's going to be and, and even the government are, are on the they need to get their heads around this kind of dilemma at the moment. Do, will it be hydrogen or will it be mass electrification um, for, for those that are currently on the gas grid? And then there's this the, the whole other cast of people, who, which I think includes everybody off the gas grid and those businesses that really want to accelerate the transition to net zero. They're, they're going to have to move a lot more quickly and they can't be passive. They're going to actually ha- have to do something and take control over their own heat emissions. And I think that important point for for many businesses and particularly the larger users of energy is that it's actually heat and 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 transport to an extent that make up what's called their scope 1 emissions so it's it's yeah. heat that informs the majority of the emissions that they're actually going to get taxed on if they if they fall into the ETS or 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 the successor to the EU ETS if that's the way the UK goes so Really, people need to make progress on those, on those tackling those scope one emissions. And to do that, they really need to, to start tackling heat.
1: Yeah. And I think that, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you, I think you've summarized it quite perfectly that there'll be the passive, well, let's wait. But let's look let's at the people who, who are doing things actively. And particularly, you know, there are loads of businesses that are off-grid, obviously, you know, off-grid businesses, they, they have to do things. But when you're out there and talking to customers and they're looking at and they might be saying, well, what do I do? You know, I like the idea of, you know, going to a low carbon heat source, but I don't know where to start. What are the kind of options people can do? And let's do things that can be either on site
0: and off site solutions. Okay, sure. So by its nature, most of most of heat is on site. Um, you know, you obviously you can you can invest in district heating or or, or take a district yeah. heating connection if one's available. But even then if it's not on site, it's it's quite near site. So heat is always by its nature local. We can't put it in pipes at the moment and and send it um you know miles and miles away. It it, it has to be kind of generated and used locally. So I, th- I think there's that that's one difference with electricity obviously. And and I think when you're thinking about local solutions, um there's there's always there's the technical solution about what technologies people can use, and then you have to overlay that with the the kind of commercial solution stroke the government policy. Um, so technically, we're seeing you know biomass has done a lot of the a lot of the early progress in renewable heat um, within the UK. Um, that's still a very viable option. There's there's again with the end of the renewable heat incentive, there's some. Um, potential constraints going to be faced to the future uptake of biomass for 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 people. Um, heat pumps are are very much a live option. The again the uptake's perhaps not been quite as significant as the as as many had anticipated to this point. But I think particularly in the domestic sector, um, we're going to start to see see heat pumps rolled out much more significantly. And, and some of the policies the government have already uh, enacted, like the 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 sort of inability of new build housing to connect to the gas grid post twenty twenty five are going to continue to drive that uptake. Um, they, so, so it tends to be heat pumps and biomass that people have looked at most closely. There are some other um, sort of solutions out there, but I think I think at the moment the the big message that we that we both give to businesses and and receive from them is that there's just quite a limited time window. So. For those who are motivated to do something about heat, the reality is they need to try and progress it within the next six months, particularly the very big users. Um, and the reason for that is that the we've we, the government have introduced an extension to the renewable heat incentive for projects that are at financial close by the end of March twenty twenty one. So if we have a project at financial close by end of March twenty one, we have an extra year to build it out. Um, and and our our message to businesses is quite simple that, that what's going to replace the RHI for businesses isn't yet clear. Um, there's, a, there's a kind of uh, a, a quite a number of different policies being discussed and floated and emerging, but they're not actually bottomed out yet in many cases. And particularly for businesses, it, it's very much not bottomed out. And we, we think that the, the, the nature of the renewable heat incentive, which it provides a long term um revenue consistent model makes it much more attractive for businesses to stimulate heat decarbonization than does grant funding, for example. Um, so that's I think that's the main message that we're both sending and receiving at the moment is if you're a business that's serious about tackling your heat decarbonization, you need to do everything you can to, to make progress within the next six months. Because after that it's 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 unlikely that the kind of the incentive to switch is going to be so strong and we're probably going to enter a, a kind of myriad of policies which are a little bit about incentives or grants but but maybe start to move more towards the legislation route um, and, and as well as the kind of banning of gas boilers that, that I mentioned from 2025 we're expecting to see some proposals out from the government at the end of this year as to how they're going to phase out the use of what they call high carbon fossil fuels and off-gas grid areas, which is is basically how they're going to phase out the, the use of oil. Um, so again, that that suggests that the direction of travel is going to be less around incentivizing people to make the switch to renewables and more about legislating or 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 making the kind of fossil fuel alternative less attractive. So for businesses that are ahead of the curve, want to decarbonize and want to maximize the cost effectiveness of it. It's, it's really a case of get your skates on and get, and get moving and, and see what you can do in the next six months. And, and I might want to do that,
1: but I'm fighting COVID. I'm fighting an economic recession that, you know, who knows where we're going to be once we kick into sort of October end of furlough and people are looking at kind of maybe a downturn for the next couple of years. Although, you know, recently figures have, have, have proved that we are bouncing back. But in reality, we're facing a recession. So my, my business would say, thank you very much for that. I agree with all you've said. I haven't got the money to do that. I want to tackle my heat decarbonisation. I realise I've only got this window. How do I fund it?
0: Well, that's. I think that's a very important point, and it's one that we're quite sensitive to. So that's effectively what we're doing, is providing fully funded solutions for businesses, because even... You know, most businesses, even, even without the factors you mentioned, Sumit, around COVID or, or, or fears around yeah. cash, these energy projects are not, you know, they're not three, four year payback schemes. No, of course, absolutely. They're just not that sexy. And most businesses are, you know, they, they want to prioritize their capital into, into kind of either customer facing things or real process uh, improvement things that drive, drive a big a quicker payback than you'll get from an energy project. So we think the funded model where a company like Amp clean energy comes along and says like we know you want to decarbonize um we know that 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 times are uh, capital budgets are constrained um but we are up for long-term partnerships. We 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 we're up for investing in your business and in supporting decarbonization. So let us look at funding this for you. And we'll have a long-term partnership to sell you low-carbon energy, um, and and that is that's a message that I think increasingly has been very well received by by our by our both our customers and, and our potential customers.
1: I would throw back at you: is what makes you so confident to do that? Because that's a risk you're taking. You know, you, here I am. I'm going well. My business. I'm not sure how I'm going to do. I, I need to save money. Thank you for funding it. Why are you, as a company, willing to take? A stake and, as you say, these long-term projects and, and actually put your money where your mouth is. That's, it's a big commitment.
0: It is a big commitment. And I, and I think there's probably, there's a number of ways to answer it. So, so first point is really, we, we think it's the right thing to do. We think heat is so important and it, uh, that, that it needs to, we need to make progress in decarbonisation. And and we think that ultimately the, the kind of investment community um, is looking for ethical places to invest its money that yes. offer, yes. offer yeah. long, long-term stability. Now, that's, de- that's definitely happening. Yeah, you can see yeah. that. And, and so, so you know, our investors and and the people who we raise our, our capital from are keen to support these types of projects. So it's both, A, we think it's the right thing to do. B, we can get the funding, you know, we can get the capital and raise the money to, to deliver this. And C, we think that ultimately it's going to be very important to consumers that the products and and services or experiences they're buying um are are low carbon and sustainable mm-hmm. um, so we think that those businesses that are up for this are the ones that are going to be the strongest place going forward so it's, it's, it's quite self-selecting really uh, to end
1: with um do you think you know as you said was it 2008 so that's 12 years mate you've been no, no. With this. is cinderella finally going to get to the ball um,
0: I think I think Cinderella was getting to the ball. Uh, she was well on her way. The dress was on. Uh, we, were, we were in the carriage. She, 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 was in, she was in the pumpkin carriage. Yeah, she was in the carriage. The, 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 we're, we're very keen that, that the government come out with some yeah. uh, concrete proposals quite soon.
1: But, but I feel, did you feel, sorry, to interrupt, but you, I feel that there is a shift now looking at heat, isn't it? That, that I think that from all the stuff that we cover on Future Net Zero, you know, the, the, the soundings from government looking at after that there, there seems to be a r- actual recognition we can't put this off anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think that's right. And I think, you know, the, what, what the committee and climate change are saying is that, that the longer you delay making these big decisions and starting to decarbonize heat, the more expensive it becomes for the country as a whole. So I think there's, you know, naturally the government, the, 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 they don't want to jump into something and, and, and back the wrong horse around the, the kind of 2040 what the 2040 future looks like, um, but equally, there's some things they know they can crack on with that are low regret, like the off gas areas, like industrial heat use, um, and I, and I think, yeah, for for those people in particular, um, and and the larger users of heat, that that both the government are are kind of aware that it can't be put off, and I think increasingly businesses are aware it can't be put off, and and it's this it's this kind of yin and yang thing, isn't it, or the push and pull. Yeah, and, and I think increasingly businesses are stepping up and, and starting to drive some of this. And we're seeing, you know, as soon as people start putting on, re- carbon price has been remarkably resilient in the face of COVID. You know, there was a, there was a small, small drop in March, but it's now back up to where it was. Um, we're seeing businesses put internal carbon prices on projects now to recognize the fact that they think carbon is going to be, A, in, in increasing, you know, carbon price will increase and B, that it, it should be factored in their decision-making. And once businesses start doing that, it really, it really changes the frame of the debate and, and puts heat projects in a much stronger position. Are you hopeful, then, that there wouldn't be significant
1: traction now?
0: Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think in reality, what, so what do we as a business think? We think we're going to have an extremely busy six months getting the projects that we're currently, you know, in early discussions and, and more advanced discussions on to financial close. We think we're then going to have a very busy 12 months building those projects. And we think that that, that those people who, who've kind of, who've not taken advantage of this window will still continue to do things. It's just the economics aren't going to be quite as positive as they are if you take advantage of the RHI. So I, I'm, I remain hopeful that the big direction of travel is net zero and to achieve net zero we need to decarbonize heat and and I think we're going to see kind of periods of intense activity and then periods where everybody sort of stops and thinks about what comes next but um, I think we're at the moment we're very much in one of those periods of intense activity and and you know like any business you want to when those conditions are in your favour, you want to kind of make the most of it. Absolutely. Stuart, thank you
1: very much for joining us on Future Net Zero today.
0: Thank you very much, Stuart. Nice to to speak to you again. You've been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast, along with our partner, AMP Clean Energy. This has been a promoted podcast. Please follow us on social
1: media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com.
0: Future Net Zero, better business. Better Planet.